0: I'm so excited to talk about this movie.
1: Me too. <laughs> Good to talk about him with you—that's the best part. I know. I know.
0: Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror notebook to corrupt one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. Eww. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Julia. I'm Terry. And this week we're going to be talking about 2006's Right Right at at Your your Door. door. Uh, This movie's tagline, Terror Just Hit Home. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely correct. Uh, So this movie was written and directed by Chris Gorek, who was an art department for a lot of big Hollywood films, including Minority Report. Fight Club, Fear and Loading Las Vegas, Tombstone. So, like, that he all knows. correct. Yeah. All the art department mm-hmm. stuff. This movie is a movie that I saw in 2006, and I saw it. Um, I did for a while. I was on Rotten Tomatoes, had a TV show that I did like film reviews for that you sent in. How come. I don't know about that it was on it was online for a while i don't know but i went to go see a bunch of random films that i wouldn't have normally seen because they sent me to see them for this thing and one of them was this film right at your door and Mm -hmm. i knew nothing about it going in your favorite way to go into a movie my favorite way yeah um so you have to remember that uh we live in los angeles yeah um and this movie uh, is about a uh, dirty bomb hitting Los Angeles. Which we were all terrified of in the early O's. Yes. And I uh, about had a panic attack. And like, I just sat in the seat, being like, oh my God, oh my God, I don't think I can do it. Like, I think I need to leave. I Should I leave? Am I worth it? I'm supposed to be reviewing this movie. What am I doing? And like, I sat through it. And I, but it really. Yeah, no, we were all terrified of them. It really freaked me out. I remember I actually had a comedy character
1: I made up that was like, I was my rap name was got, called dirty bomb. That was going to be like, like old dirty bastard, but that was going to be like my rap name. When I auditioned for wild and out with Nick Cannon, mm. met him, got went to producers for that. Almost hey. was on that show with my stupid ass character about a dirty Bomb but it was very culturally relevant. And like that part of the era. Well, this film does it incredibly well. Yeah. And I love
0: that. It's, um, you know, for me, uh, movies are all about the characters and like, right. that's what I want to see. And like, this movie is all about, a few characters and that's it. And really one character with surre- like supporting characters around. Right. Um, and they also, you know, it's so dialed in because you're really only in this one house, this entire film. Yeah. And you don't have any television. All you have is radio. So it's real low budget, but like so cleverly done. No, it's very that well done. Like, and the
1: tension is yeah. so
0: good. That's what I was thinking. I was like, this is such a Julia movie because
1: it's really intense. Yeah. The tension's really tight. The, um, Acting's really strong. Like everyone does their job very, very well. Um, and I do love that it is this smite, small, smite, <laughs> small space um, because um, that gives you that claustrophobia as well, too. Because mm-hmm. what you get, which I get why freaking out in your chair or in a theater, even if you have space, would feel like you, it was encroaching in on you. Yeah. Um, I'm sure with the soundscape and sitting there, I mean, that's a lot to take in. Yes.
0: So uh, Rory Cochran, who we oh. all know and love, uh, is the Empire
1: Records, I just like. Just the, the swoon. Like, I know you can't see Lucas. it over, the, over the, the. Yes, but totally. Lucas, Lucas. Shock me. Anyway, um, it's Rex Manning Day every day for us. So Superb.
0: S- superb. <laughs> oh, so great. It's great. And uh, so it's basically just him and Mary McCormick who are carrying this mm-hmm. movie. And they're both incredibly excellent. There's this newlywed couple who's just moved into this cute little house down in Silver Lake. Silver Lake area. You it's, have a view mm-hmm. of the downtown skyline from your house. Yep.
1: It's ideal. Like, and you can tell though the dynamic of the relationship is he's definitely the stay at homer, like he's the musician, kind of out of work looking dude. And she's like, What are you gonna do today? But she's obviously the more mobile one. She's putting on the suit and going down to a job
0: downtown and Yes, and they haven't the cable guy has not come yet, so the TV is not hooked up yet. Right. So they don't have TV. I was like, Oh
1: no, later on, it's like communication already gonna be a problem. She hasn't charged her cell phone. Yes. So you're like, Oh no, so she's little to things of the energy. Right, on a
0: normal day is no big deal, but on a day like today. So now I'm, like, real,
1: like, conscious. I got my, like battery pack in my phone, like for my phone all the time. See, just but this is the Horror
0: Movie Survival Guide, right? Right. This is like, this. you you see the scenario and you go, okay, how would I, what do I do in this scenario? And then right. you make sure you don't get stuck in that scenario. Right. And then you're four steps ahead of the game. This is where this podcast comes in. Totally. We teach you how to survive, folks. Right. That's our job. So, uh, we get the radio report that multiple explosive devices have been simultaneously exploded across Los Angeles.
1: Beverly Hills, downtown, all over. Central Central City, City, the City, world, LAX. Kind of like, over the... Like, like news yes. cycle, and I was like, "Oh, war of the world," and it's really it's the, the world.
0: It is really great because you do really get the panic from mm-hmm. these newscasters because you know they're reporting from downtown where the bombs have just happened, and there's panic, and there's it's bodies. constantly
1: in the background, even though like as you're seeing like our Rory Cochran Brad character like starting to break down,
0: yeah, and mm-hmm. honestly, like. If you would turn it off, it would give him so much more like ease. It's, but not really, because it's you like that thing know. when you need
1: to know. It's like whenever something terrible happens and we all are glued to our TVs or like, you know, when we're watching, which is unfortunate, but like we just want more as much information as possible, even if it hasn't changed within a minute. Right. Do you know what I mean? Though you're just still trying to figure out who did it. Why do they do it? What's the motivation? Sure. We're mulling it around in a circle and a circle in
0: our heads. And that's what you can see him doing. Sure. And, and he goes outside and looks outside and he can see downtown from his backyard. Like he can see explosions happening as he's looking Mm -hmm. and he's like my wife's down there i have to go get her which of course as you know as a horror movie fan you're like no man don't don't do that and i was like dude you don't run to the fire i was like what are you gonna
1: do exactly how are you gonna find her he can't get a hold of her like he told her to not go on the
0: way she normally goes because... So we they, don't
1: know exactly which way she's gone, exactly. They
0: don't have, like, a GPS thing, so there's no way to tell. And so he, of course, starts to drive, and they tell him, you know, they say, don't attempt to enter the mm-hmm. disaster areas, and, like, of course, you're the emergency vehicles need the roads, and everybody's starting to panic. It's pre-smartphones. It's so. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. People drive crazy anyway, and then you start driving crazy in something like this, and he almost gets an accident and gets a flat tire. So now he has kind of... Well,
1: with no, the, it, the way with a mom who's on her way to trying to get her kids, which yes. makes perfect sense to you. because I see that you saw the panic in her eyes trying to go get her kid. Yeah,
0: that's what she's just beeline, and mm-hmm. that's the only thing. So he stops in the hardware store, which is totally a store I recognize on Sunset. Yeah! every time I drove past it, I was like, "Hey, it's the right at your door store." Uh, <laughs> I'm the only person in the world who thought it, but I thought it with you It's probably, it probably like one other person in you, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I was like, "Oh, good, he's, he might be able to get some supplies." Honestly, that was my thought right away. I was
0: like, "Oh, good, he's there," and he just kind of goes into panics and like just comes out with a bunch of. Duct tape like that's really all he has and then he goes back in the car and hears that now they know it is not actually just he didn't grab anything at first he goes back in when he hears in the car and goes back in and gets goes the duct back tape. in and duct tape uh that there's now they know it is a, it is a chemical bomb it is a toxic bomb it's not right. just a normal bomb like the ash is toxic you got to so, seal your house yes so he just it's just duct tape to the rescue that is yep. all he has. In <laughs> like, I wish he had got like get more tarps, get something. Like, it's just like, nope, duct tape's all I need. Well, also, like, they were getting pushed out of the store because yeah, the store was like, yeah, we're closing, we
1: got to seal up too here. So they were like, get out, get out, get out, get out, all the people get out. So everyone got as much as they could and they get out. He heads back home and it's just a hot mess trying to get home because well, he keeps running into barricades of like cops and stuff and the streets are closed and they're turning him around and he's got to go this
0: jacked up way back to his house. And they see he see they sees this car come into the area covered in ash and the police tell them the person to stay in the car because they're contaminated and now quarantine. And the person of course doesn't stay in the car because they're freaking the fuck out and the cops shoot them. Yep. And you're like, Oh, okay, this is what we're at. So like the cops aren't really going to help you right now. So you're no, on your own. This is a war zone. It's, yeah. uh, it's automatically a war zone it's as soon as the crazy bomb drops. It's how quickly society breaks down. It's like a matter of like, you just something like this where like all of a sudden everything. Well, it's all instinct. Yeah. You know what I mean though? All of a sudden that is like, that's, what you're
1: you're left with it's so sure. it's survival it's like okay what can i do water where, where can i find that what do i need resources right who's against me who's for me if are they gonna like if they get out that guy couldn't contaminate that whole neighborhood sure so if that guy keeps going they got to get rid of him now before he's gonna start
0: running into neighborhoods but even a gigantic city like los angeles like how quickly the city's resources are overwhelmed like instantaneously oh and then, it's like
1: trying to get home, I mean, right, you know, tonight, Friday night, whatever, like, or whatever <laughs> night, you know, trying to get here. It, it's, it's impossible.
0: hmm um, I'd be interested. I'm interested to hear when you listen to people listen to this episode who are, who don't live in Los Angeles, how different it feels to them as opposed to the city you live in. Yeah. Cause if you live in a smaller space,
1: I mean, it is different if there's something like that and you have room
0: or there's like open
1: roads. I know even like where my brother lives in the South, it's like just wide open space. Right. You know what I mean though? And winding roads, but here it's very claustrophobic. And if something happens, it's that
0: the, the density is just, it's going to be overwhelmed. So the police eventually turn him around and the police tell him, we're not giving you a choice. You have to go back. Mm-hmm. You cannot go to your wife. And so he goes back um, and in the back door comes a man who... Before that, though, he's on his way and he sees this little boy, Timmy. <gasps> Timmy! Fair about he's Timmy. he's like, hey,
1: Timmy, um, hey, are you okay? And he's like, uh, little boy looks, looks lost. He's like, you need to run home right away. And Timmy's like, okay. So
0: he, this little boy disappears
1: and then he gets home
0: and then we run into... Uh, Alvaro Alvaro who is the handyman of the gardener the like gardener of the guy who next the door next door, who says that he has no car and the buses are not going to get him home and he's just stuck he has nowhere to go so can he come in and it's this kind of moment where you can tell he doesn't want him there but he can't tell him to get out in this he also ash not in the right mind right now either he's still freaking out about his wife his
1: newlywed and it's it's a moment so
0: so they want to start sealing up the house but uh you know brad wants to delay it because he wants to make sure that his wife can come home but the more they wait the longer that this ash can get in and now the reports are coming in and they say that the bombs have gone off in marina del rey playa del rey el segundo playa vista baldwin hills westchester inglewood beverly hills Century City, Hollywood, East Hollywood, Glendale, and Otwater Village. So it's working its way south and east. It's basically going across the entire
1: city is what that is. For those of you who do not live here in the Los Angeles area, that means your place would be done and my place would be done because it made it all the way across the city to all of our houses. Yeah, but the valley? Pretty okay. Pretty okay. So I would head north in yeah. this situation if you could get out of your area, but um, it's, and they say that mm-hmm. the, you know
0: these areas are me- immediate threat zones, and if you are three to eight miles within these areas, then the ash is definitely coming your way, and you need to get in and seal up mm-hmm. as, as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So, they, so that
1: means air ducts, everything, air conditioning—you got
0: to close up all that stuff. Um, and they have no info on who is responsible for these attacks. Nope. So they end up having to just.
1: Seal it up. So they seal it up. And they're using everything they can in the house. And I love this. Like, I was like, ooh, dry cleaning bags. Like, yeah. anything that's plastic, basically, that that's, like, they can use. So he's pulling up. And good, good thing they just moved, too. I was like, oh, yes, lots of bubble wrap still. Yeah. Like, so they're, like, unpacking boxes and pulling bubble wrap and grabbing their supplies. And at least they had water in their house, too. Because, like, who knows what the water supply is going to be affected and what's going to happen with that. So I was like, all
0: right. They got supplies. They might, might be not, okay. Probably, probably not that much food. Like, you just nah. move into a place. Like, it's just so tanky because you have no idea. And they keep right. saying like, we don't know how long what this it will is. last. And the people, if people come from the blast zone, come to you, do not cl- have do contact. Do not let them in. They are, they are under quarantine. They're contaminated. Like do not have contact. And so right. it's this thing where he wants his wife to come home, but also his wife's now contaminated. Mm-hmm. So he leaves a box outside with like blankets and water. And he's like, this is what all I, c- all we I can do. know she's
1: contaminated because she left in one of my favorite little cars. Like she's oh. got a little like cabriolet, but it's a uh, convertible. It's- So when she left, I was like everything when she left, I was like, oh, this is not going to go well if there's a disaster. And that's exactly. Yeah. So she has no protection when it hits her. News cycle keeps going, creating tension. The guys have locked up the house. Then Lexi's parents call. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And it's this moment where he, he doesn't want it. Brad doesn't want to answer, but he's got to answer. And she's just like rambling panicked because the news is already hitting where they are. And he, she said, he says they're okay. She's okay. Right. She's okay. And he's she's like, like, yeah, yeah. She's totally
1: here with me. She made, she's home and she's fine. And um, yeah, she's here. He lies. He
0: yeah. Flat out lies. Yeah, to yeah she says, like, oh, Put her on the phone. And she's like, uh, I'm going to hang up now. And he just hangs up the phone. So what are you going to do? And he's been trying to call her, of course, and can't get a hold of her, of course. Um, And we get, uh, they said, now they say the survival rate near the blast is zero and that people are fleeing and spreading it as people do. And then it just gets worse. And now everywhere, like what was and Everything's overwhelmed. All the hospitals
1: are overwhelmed because people have been blown apart or you know, it, literally. Um, and so the, the, the emergency services can't get to where you're at. They're like, just keep telling them over and over. You heard over the radio, stay at home, stay put,
0: don't let anyone contaminated touch you or near you. And so we finally see Lexi, uh, Brad's wife and what we have a brief moment of what happened to her in the blast. Uh, and in her nice convertible in her lap, someone's hand. Yeah. It's like an arm just laying on her lap. So we finally see her. She's staggered her way back home, coughing, looking not good. Says she was covered in the ash, half a block away from the blast. Yep, and wants to come in.
1: So she's at the door, and so Alvaro and Brad are like,
0: "Uh." and this, I mean, and this is the the scene really where you just—it's so heartbreaking because he wants her to come in so bad, and it's this choice of, do I love her enough to let her in and let her kill me? Plus, but that's her, that's kind of taken away from him because he now he has this third party that he has he compromised this other person who's right. come for safety. So he probably would let her in if it was just him, him and her. Hundred percent. Now we have this third party. I think a hundred
1: percent he would. He was, but I don't know actually a hundred percent because he also looked super conflicted even if it was just him because he's like. One of us might, we might both die or one of us is dying for sure, basically, is, is what, where we're at at this moment.
0: As they say that the blast, now that they've done some tests on the ash, and that it is a hybrid of several durable toxic chemicals with an unrecognizable viral strain. Whew. So it's
1: that kind of dirty bomb. So this is chemical warfare. warfare. Um, and of she's course, sobbing at the back door. I mean, like, this is a heartbreaking moment where she's just, it's that... Visceral, just loss of everything and control moment. Because and she
0: thought she was gonna
1: come home and now safety, she'll be home. And now I'm, I'm safe. But right. she hasn't been able to listen to any of the reports because she's been making her way home. So she didn't know what it was, how bad it is. Um, and
0: you know, she just wants to be with her husband and he can't do it. So he says he's gonna try to get help and he's trying to call 911. It just seems you have know, these endless calling 911, and they're always... Puts the radio closer by the door so she can hear
1: the report so they can listen together, which I don't, for better or worse, they're sitting there listening to all this stuff. As you said, it might be easier if they just turn it off, but they also need to know what's going yes. on in case another one's coming
0: or anything like that. They want to be ready and on the alert. Um, and she gets really angry at him. So she throws her phone and breaks the door and the, the window in this door and then screams, you know, do you want to live without me? And it's this moment of like, he, there's so many factors going on that there's nearly nothing you can do. Um, My one question about Lexi as a character, and she seems quite smart, is that she never puts anything around her mouth. She's outside for so long in this film, and I know that she's already contaminated, but wouldn't you think the longer you would inhale it, the worse it would get? I know for acting reasons you want to see their faces, I get that, but, you know, as a character. Right. I wondered about that, too. Um,
1: She does sometimes look like she's doing that. Like depending like when she goes like for a walk later on in the movie and stuff when they walk and they go down, you know, later we'll get to that. But she really doesn't cover very much and her face and all her skin is exposed. I would like maybe put on like, if he left me blankets and like a robe, I would probably put that on and have some long sleeve shit on if, if possible. That's Cause she was wearing a skirt and like a, you know, a little mm-hmm. more of like a, a smaller business lady outfit um, when she left. Um,
0: yeah. He seems so concerned with her. I'm just surprised that he's never like, baby, cover your mouth, like put a thing. But on. I think
1: she's also like,
0: like hyperventilating and yeah. freaking out in this sure, moment sure.
1: too. So In the beginning, I understand. Yeah, but later so as we go la- on. Yeah, as we go on. But, but in Brad, the beginning, is, we, yeah, he's, so,
0: he's so freaked out that he ends up going in the bathtub and pouring bleach all over himself. Well, because he,
1: what happens when she threw in her phone, there was some ash and some of the stuff got into the house a little bit. And he covers it with um with a little like rug from their kitchen basically. And it's like, ah. Um, and he does freak out and he bleaches, like has a bleach shower. I was like, bleaches himself really big and my oh, nose.
0: That would, that would smell and feel so terrible. Sure it felt
1: awful as he's like pouring it over himself in the shower and like the spot that got exposed a little bit, Whoa. like like hit his arm. Um, cause he got a cut as it as picking up the glass and whatnot. Um, and Alvaro helps
0: him, you know, seal it back up and. Oof. but Lexi sees a guy in the neighborhood just being like bagged and taken away like an animal, just like bag over the head, bag over the hands, like in like zip tied in the back of a car. And you're like, oh, so it's a quarantine, but it's not like a nice quarantine. Right. So she's, yeah, they're, they're keeping a lookout to what's happening around the neighborhood. Yeah. Cause she knows she great. wants to get help, but like, do you want to get help from someone like that? Like that doesn't seem like you want to put yourself in that situation. Nope. So So
1: this is like when this is one of those things too, when you're like, well, when you're looking for the government or like the agencies that are supposed to be there to help, they're never there. Are they really that helpful in this moment? And it's like,
0: no, no. Thank you. Like, um, so then he he, he winds up, uh, Brad figures out a way to like reseal the house so that Lexi can have use of the bedroom and the bathroom so he can come in. She can come in and use the bathroom and take a shower and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So he has this kind of, they have these endlessly moving plastic bags of doorways that it's just, and it's just this one tenuous little thin piece of plastic that's supposedly like saving your life. I was like, ah. You don't think it's doing much? I don't buy it. I think it's probably more permeable than that,
1: but hey, maybe it is who knows? I hope in the apocalypse, I don't have to worry about it, but Hey,
0: um, <laughs> well, our, our, our neighborhoods have already been taken down. So we, right? we don't have to worry about it. We're done. Um, but Brad finally gets away a uh, hold of the hotline who says they are now delivering antibiotics by mail and to well, stay... they're using the postal
1: service because right. all the other support services have been overwhelmed by the government basically. Yeah, they
0: said everyone's being turned away from hospitals, help will come to you, do not come to it. And you're like, "Ooh, that doesn't sound like that's going to work at all."
1: It reminded me a little of 28 days later all of a sudden too. I was like, "Ooh, people are like rushing a place like that. Yeah. That station like that, like Paddington Station or whatever moment I was like, oh, "Oh yeah, that's what I thought." I was like, "Ooh, the hospitals are probably terrifying of just people crawling on top of each other." that are, you know, Mass panic. I, I, I imagine people getting stampeded yeah. and all that stuff too. And I was like, Oh, that that's not great. Yeah. That's like
0: the most basic human fears, human panic because it happens like that, like mm-hmm. you know,
1: you take one. Well, that's the thing, and they're trying to do these messages that are supposed to help calm the people, but these are it, it does nothing. It's like the opposite. And even the guys that are going around, the police that are going around, they have these police continually driving around and patrolling throughout the film too, like uh, talking about curfews and when people need to stay home. and Twenty four hour curfew. Twenty four hour,
0: please just stay home. Please don't go out. And um, and Lexi's mom calls and she's finally able to talk to her, but of course her mom's freaking out, and her mom has totally different information because her mom's on another another state. Yeah, so they're not caught up to what's actually happening. And she's saying they go have to the no hospital idea what's really on the ground. And she's saying we can't go to the hospital. And she's like, what are you just doing? You just do nothing. And you're like we can't, we'd have nothing to do. We have to wait. So she has a heartbreaking phone call with her mother and then has a heartbreaking phone call with her brother who is like, you know, like, this is the last time I'm probably ever going to hear your voice. Let me call you and say goodbye, but try not to make it that horrible. So let's just talk. But how horrible is that? even he, she had a moment too where she had to tell him like, dude, like what they're telling you is not what's happening here. Like we need to tell you, you need to know the truth. Um, And we find uh, Timmy. Who's just been wandering because he's his been mom- stuck
1: in his car. He like found a way into a car and just sat in like there and pops out. Yeah. He said, my mom and dad are at work. No, oh. They were supposed to come pick me up from school and... God bless him. Sweet little baby boy. And um, so now they have
0: this, you know, another something thrown in the mix is now you have a small child to be taken care of, which is
1: when he actually finally, which is, this is actually when Brad opens up the shower portion of the house for them, because um, Lexi wants to watch, wants to watch little Timmy because he's dusty and covered in all this
0: ash and just like looks devastated. And is this lost little boy. Um, and the, and uh, this is when Alvaro and Brad start to really start to get, like, fighting with each other. And it seems like they're judging each other, what they've done. And they, you well, know. Alvaro
1: starts judging himself. Because early on, Brad was, felt guilty as hell for not being able to let Lexi in. And then Alvaro has been, as we, he hadn't been as vocal. But he's actually been trying to call home as well. And hasn't been able to get a hold of his wife. Um, which he's been concerned about the whole time, too. Because he kept in his head thinking, like, she'll have to be home. She'll be okay. I can't go over there because if I try to go, there's no way I'm gonna, I could die too. It's a suicide mission for me to go home. Especially on foot. Yes. Like, because usually he would take a bus from where
0: he was at to get to her but finally but they have this you know this interesting exchange where brad says you know we both made the same decision we chose our own lives other our wives lives mm-hmm. but alvaro says we didn't decide anything it was instinct you mm-hmm. just had this moment and you chose and it wasn't a rational decision but it was something that you had to do to save your life and that's what they both did so it kind of puts them on this equal level of blame blamelessness i guess well, yeah, but they, it's like
1: you can't I mean, you have to, the only thing I think you could really blame in this situation. And I felt that was, was the disaster because it wasn't like they got a real choice in the matter. It was right. like, well, if I go, I'm it's death if I stay, it's also death. Potentially there is no right answer. It's just a matter of what are you willing to do in this moment? And what do you think is going to be the highest level of
0: possibility for survival? Sure. And so Alvaro finally decides he needs to know. And so he decides to leave to go try to find his wife, like, ooh, watch him walk off into that ash. You're know, like, good luck, man. Who knows? Like you yeah, have your spin-off, and- spin-off movie of like, where does Alvaro's journey take him next? Right? We'll never know. We'll never know. Um, But then uh, Rick shows up who's this friend of Lexi's that Brad doesn't seem to like very
1: much. I thought that was like maybe in a, her affair, it seemed like she hooked up with him before or There's something. There's some sort of something some going on. there for sure, and I was like, ooh. Because he
0: comes to get her, and you're like, wait, wait, she's married to Brad I now. I like, yeah, why is he there? Yeah, I had that moment too. But he's outside, and Brad's inside, and he can't come out, so he's like, okay, well, I'm leaving. Here's this dubious rumor, it sounds so made up, mm-hmm. of like a, sh- a Navy ship docking in San Pedro, so they're gonna go down and like get medicine there. By the way, San Pedro, going from Silver Lake, far, so far, it would take you so long to it would get take there. you
1: the whole. It would take you like a day and a half at to least, walk.
0: To, yeah, yeah, a couple of days. It would. Yeah. I would guess if you were walking straight. I mean, by car, even in a disaster, is gonna take anyway. It's gonna take. Yeah, a it would take like there. a day and a half. I think with yeah. And so it's this moment where she, he's leaving now and Brad doesn't want her to go, but there's nothing he can do for her. So like, okay, well let's go. And he, Mm -hmm. and then she's gone. And you're like, wow, she also
1: takes Timmy because he needs medicine too. And so they're like, we've got to help this little, this kid. So she feels, I think that like, again, instinct to like, want to take care of this child as well. So they, they head down
0: and, uh, and they've been waiting for help here, waiting mm -hmm. for help. And of course, as soon as they leave, literally as soon as they leave, help shows up in the form of, of, uh, terrifying hazmat dudes yes very aggressive military loud, yes military uh cor- corporal marshal from the special energy medical Ep nope don't cut that one Epi- epidemiology <laughs> there you go nexus which if you noticed what it stands for or if the acronym semen just so you know that's Hilarious.
1: That's I did a, not take that time. And well, I appreciate that you did. My for, brain just goes, my new shut details. Appreciate you. <laughs> That's what
0: this show's all about folks. For sure. So uh, he tells Brad, uh, stay inside, seal the house and is gathering data. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They can't leave medicine because they don't know if she's going to be coming back. They also don't know if it's going to help her because
1: they need to triage her basically too. They're like, we're basically trying to save resources for those that it's going to help. If she's too far gone, there's right. no reason to even leave medicine. That's how bad it is
0: out there. So then they, he, you know, he asks if he's been contaminated at all. And he says, no. And he's like, actually, my wife threw her cell phone in. We have a little ash. And so he asks for a sample of the ash and he leaves. And then they, you have all this kind of like ET moment of all these guys. And like, had Matt, has Matt, who's coming into his house. And he's like, get the fuck out of my house. If you're not helping me, what are you doing? And he can't. And they're still there going
1: around the whole house, but they have to assess the situation. They're literally doing their tri- their job triaging each
0: place. And they leave this red Tag. Yes. You never want a red tag on your door, folks. And he knows that. And he's like, like, I'm on the inside. I can't go outside to get this red tag. But also, you know, he's saying it's so hot in there because they've sealed all of the air. So he's like in this like sauna of 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 air that's running out and plastic. He's the boy in the bubble, basically. And he's just Mm -hmm. he's so trapped and helpless and by himself. And these people who think they're going to help him actually are just leaving and just like stay there. And they also don't seem that helpful. No, they don't see that helpful at all. Um, and knows that there's no one's coming, you know? So, she comes back finally and said it was just chaos. She's mm-hmm. like, they took Timmy. Thank goodness they were taking children, but she's they like, didn't they didn't help were, any of the adults, just the kids. They said the cops were blocking the doors and wouldn't let anyone in the hospital, just turning everyone away. So it's this chaos of system breakdown, and now she knows they're they know they're on their own.
1: But she also comes back and grabs that red thing, freaking thing off the front of the house, and is like, what the fuck?
0: Why is there a red thing on the house? And he's like, well. This is what's going on. Some guys came, and uh, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And she looks outside. Um, she sees dead well, birds. Well, they hear something. They're like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Come around the back of the house," because she's in the
1: front. And he's like, "Get to the back. Get to the back. Like, don't be in the front of the damn house," because he's worried they're going to come back and just Snag drag her away. Yeah. Um, because the way they've been, they've already seen, you know, a guy get shot. The guy, other guy, get thrown in the back of the truck. They don't know what they're how they're going to handle her. So she finally runs around to the back of the house because they also hear something, and then when she sees all these dead birds. Birds that are just falling out of the tree. And you're like, ooh, that's that real bad. Can't be a good sign for humans breathing the same air. No. I was like, canary down the mine shaft. I oh, totally, yeah. thought, my, It was my first thought. I was like, oh, shit. Canary, this is the canary in a coal, coal mine. mine. <laughs> yes! <laughs> from Julia's Super Mix. Um, Julie makes mixes every year, mix tapes every year for I the do. holidays for her, all her friends. So if you're her friend, you're lucky because you get the best freaking mix every year. Um, and this last year had that. And I love that tune from The police. Police. Yeah. Anyway, the police we trust, the ones that sing, Canary in a Coal Mine. That's
0: right. Um, and Lexi's not looking so good. Lexi's she looks like coughing shit. coughing up some blood. Yep. And you're like, ooh, yeah, okay, not good at all. But then you have, you know, this, it's so heartbreaking to have them sitting so close to each other and can't touch and can't help Literally each other. a
1: plastic sheet in between them.
0: Yep. But, um, so they start, you know, talking to each other and they're just trying, they realize kind of the end's coming near for her she looks like so they like, have
1: like this final beautiful like we we should have had kids no we wouldn't have we would have been terrible parents whatever like all these things that they wanted to express to each other basically it's those it's the final conversation but it
0: you know it's kind of a sad final conversation cuz she tells him to she had doubts about him yeah. and he's like i didn't have any She's like, you are like the reason for everything in my life. Like, but he
1: also doesn't have family.
0: Like he left his family like a decade or so
1: ago. So he doesn't, he doesn't have the same attachments that she does to other people and, and, and in in her, in his life. So I think it's a different conversation for him. Like he put all his
0: eggs in that basket where she had a little more of a a different situation than he did. So they're having this beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden a bunch of men, just like he feared just rush up and grab her and Yank her off the porch and start dragging her away and start, she starts screaming for him and he can't go out to help her. Um, and the military tell him that the toxic level in his house has reached an irreversible level and that the airtight house has incubated the ash into an airborne hybrid. The house is now deadly. And he is a lethal carrier basically mutated in there. And I knew
1: it as soon as she broke the effing window, I like literally wrote that in my notes. Yeah. I was like, he's going to get contaminated. I was so pissed. From that moment on, I was like, she's motherfucking selfish. He's going to die now because she threw that shit in his house and he's going to incubate it. And that's what happened. And I was like, no. And so they lock him in the damn house. They board it up while he's in there trying to get out, freaking the fuck out. They start fumigating him. They tent the house. Like, it's like, um, like they're trying to like get rid of roaches at his house. And then he's literally left inside the motherfucking house. Yeah.
0: They're just.
1: Just pumping gas in. Pumping and- gases in there while he's running around trying to find a way out, any way out he can. No fucking way out. And she's out in the front of the house on the back of an ambulance getting, you know, administered fresh air from the paramedics. And they're like, well, you're lucky, lady. You might actually survive this thing. And I was like, father, fuck you. <laughs> you fucking bitch. You killed him. Like, you both could have survived the damn thing. But if she hadn't lost her damn mind and thrown her phone, they literally could have both survived. That's- I literally was like, if she hadn't broken the f and window, WTF? I was so pissed. Yeah, but she knows it. She has yep. to live with that now. She, she knows she killed him. the guilt them. on
0: the back. Yeah, she killed him basically. So, but it's. Such a Julia ending as well, because I'm just like, yeah, he totally dies. laying there dead. That's it. Like, that's like, it's so dystopian. Julia loves it. And, and I was horrible. like, motherfucker. I'm so mad at her.
1: Nothing, I wanted to punch her. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, nothing delights me more than a downbeat ending. Ugh.
0: Hate that's, it. That's the Julia way. I know. I love you for it. When you kill the hero, I'm like, yes, please. Fuck you, Hollywood. Take that. <laughs> so I don't mind a dead hero.
1: I was just mad that it was so avoidable. Do you know what I mean? Like she, like it was just like selfish.
0: So, um, I read there's a couple of different alternate endings to this. Oh, of course. Um, so of course there's an ending where it flips, where, you know, she lives, he dies, Mm -hmm. uh, other way. Mm -hmm. And then there's one where they both die. Oh yeah. That seemed the most likely to me. I was
1: like, they're both probably going to die. And then when it was like her surviving, I was like, (sighs)
0: no.
1: but you know it, but it was poetic and also beautiful cuz i was like of course cuz like your paranoia you, you know it's, it's something about that psychology of that too where
0: like your paranoia can kill you too and that's what did it to him yes it's the it's the panic it's the panic mm-hmm. will do and and mm-hmm. and the thing that's so amazing about this film is you have basically these two actors who are carrying the film who are on a level 10 this entire movie because they're at this ultimate state. Although they turned it up to like 11. Yeah, (laughs) they did. This one goes to 11. Um, And so incredible. I can't imagine as an actor, like watching a film like this and be like, I have to come on set and be that level every day where you're just. I wonder what the shoot
1: schedule was. I can't imagine. That would have been really, really, really
0: hard. But both incredibly. But, but they're well both done.
1: great, and like Mary McCormick is fucking powerhouse, badass woman, and I can see why she's had a wonderful career too. Like they're both, anyway. They're both bar none. Let's get into gore factor and Let's. do these movie ratings and and get this on the on the road. Uh, shall I gore
0: factor? Us? Yes, please. One, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to ghost out the average viewer. Four, bathtub of blood. Five is run for the barf bag, and we give right at your door a one for gore. Not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. It's not bloody, uh, but it's definitely intense. It's very intense. Uh we see a guy get shot, that's basically yeah. kinda it. And then just a lot of weird ash and like
1: dead birds and like just sweat. It's a lot of sweat <laughs> <laughs> in the film. Um mostly from Roy Cochran, sweating in that hot house and but being he, sealed he's and like
0: so good. He's great. I, I really I think the thing that I like so much about this movie is why I feel like this is his like star turn. I was like, this is the kind of acting roles he should be getting all the time where you just see him go like like an oculus as well Mm -hmm. where like you really get to see how good he is right and i like that about this absolutely movie rating zero to five chainsaws one if you're desperate
1: two barely qualifies as a horror film three seen worse seen better four not too shabby five fantastic oracle we just pointed at each other. No one could see, hear it, but I, we're pointing, pointing, pointing. <laughs> Julia's pointing harder at me. So I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to go on this one because I know she loves this film. So that's a given. Um, I'm going to give this film a 4.5. Pretty solid. Um, it is not too shabby, I think. On the on the point of Fantastic, only reason it's not Fantastic is because there's no freaking blood in this movie. Um, mm. A. <laughs> not gory enough for Terry. Not gory enough for Terry. Also, um, I just was so pissed at the end and I was like, as
0: soon as like, I saw that shit go in the house, I was like,
1: fuck, Mm -hmm.
0: I knew it was going to be bad. That's why I gave it a five, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, because for for me, this is everything I want in a film, right? You have something that's smart and cerebral and small and independent and scary and dystopian Mm -hmm. and also has a downbeat ending and like a phenomenal all around it's my kind of movie. That's why I'm doing it. And I'm really, you know, doing, I wanted to do this movie on the show to try to get it some more love because I feel like this movie deserves more love. And and if you have seen it or watch it and then listen to us and then talk to us on of our social media channels, uh, we've been getting so much great interaction with you guys online and we love talking to you about movies and we'd love to, I, I, in particular, this being my choice and all would love to talk to you about right at your door. I would also like to talk with you right at your door
1: because Rory Cochran, let's talk about it. Let's discuss. Oh, (laughs) yes. All right. Cool. So find us out there on the social medias, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and please visit our Patreon as well. We have some fabulous content. We'll be rolling out episodes early, Mm -hmm. right, Wes? Wes says yes. (laughs) Uh, We should be rolling out um, episodes early for you guys now, and then um, we also dropped a Some fun, weird stuff the last couple of months got an ASMR from us. If you want to hear us, (laughs) if you want to go to
0: sleep with our sweet, sweet dulcet tones in your earlobes, that can happen.
1: So uh, join the Patreon, and you have
0: access to some wonderful content we've already released and more um, coming your way. So uh, next week is uh, the last in my choice of films. Um, And this is a film that is from the original horror movie Notebook, Yes, um, and which I had seen when we watched it and couldn't remember a thing about it. And now, so it was like rewatching it for the first time. Uh, The Devil's Reign. Oh, uh, God. Yes. From 1975, starring Ernest Borgnine and William Shatner. So with those two names, you know you're in for a treat. John Travolta, I think I read. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pre-Carrie. What? Yeah. Okay, I cannot wait for this.
1: Mm -hmm. This is going to be good. I can't wait for next week. All right. See you then.
0: See you then, guys. Bye.